What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Carpool Gaming for episode two of our Last of Us miniseries dedicated to the wonderful HBO show that is currently airing. Last night, we saw Infected, which is the title for episode two. My name is Matt, and I'll be your host as we talk all things Infected. I'm joined, of course, by the incredible $2 hero himself. What's up, Seth? How you doing? Hey, buddy. I just, for some reason, I just wanted to be like, bomb. 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 Um, <laughs> after this episode i know right <laughs> well uh we'll, we'll get into the spoilers and the nitty-gritty in just a little bit but before we do that seth hit me with your spoiler free impressions before we really dig into it what did you think of episode two how did you think it compared to episode one what did, what did you think i really liked it um first of all hashtag matt was right uh if you yeah if you if you go back and listen to last week's post show uh, Matt was pretty much dead on with with how this this one was gonna play out, and uh, <laughs> I I really liked it. I thought what what's interesting, and you know, without getting into spoilers yet, it's really interesting to see how much of a deviation they've taken from the games. Whereas I felt like episode one was more or less to the point where there's you know one for one shots from the game, and there's some of that in this too. But mm -hmm. like we are starting to actually see some pretty major deviation from the the games in this one and that's very exciting to me it was cool to um see a little bit more of ellie in this episode mm -hmm. and kind of like get to see her kind of come into her own a little bit um i really liked seeing more tests in this um this is kind of like a a little bit of a test centric episode mm -hmm. the the way that the um the the way that the clickers like we were finally starting to see the yes. clickers like in live action and the tension in those scenes uh the episode's directed by neil Druckmann, so mm -hmm. like that's a really cool like kind of to to get to see the way that he literally frames his own world in live action was was really cool um but yeah the the stuff i'm really excited to talk about though are are spoilers and even just the way that the the show opens, you know, um, th this episode opens kind of in a similar way to the first episode. And we're getting like just more, more fat to chew on, just mm -hmm. more backstory, more context. And uh, it's exactly what I want to see from this show. I'm really excited about it. I'm 100% with you, dude. I love that they're using the cold opens in a way that I don't think I was expecting. Like we knew, mm -hmm. again, without getting into spoilers, but we knew that we would see parts of the world before like leading up to yep. and and you know in and into uh, outbreak day but i'm love that they're using the cold opens to kind of help build out the world build out the things that like again they may have wanted to show more of in the game but they just again given tech limitations and what they were doing at the time they couldn't have this really does feel like the last of us just bigger it feels more fleshed out which is again given how fleshed out the original game already is, it's just a testament to the way that they're putting the show together. Um, I loved, I th you know, uh, Bella Ramsey as Ellie is just pitch perfect. Even like, I, like, you know, we talked about this last week, but like some of her delivery feels and yeah. sounds exactly like Ellie, exactly like Ashley totally. Johnson to like the, the way that she delivers the lines to like the inflection in her voice feels spot on. You know, Pedro Pascal as Joel just continues to be fantastic. Um, Anna as, you know, Tess is also, like, this cast is just fantastic, considering it was pretty much just the three of them all episode. Um, you Essentially, know, yeah. They, they, they carried it all. And like you mentioned, like, the clickers pitch perfect. Like, just, just so entirely on. Like, I love that they're using, you know, the same... Uh, actors and actresses that portrayed the clickers and the infected in the game. I'm, I'm glad that they've brought them back 
for the show just because again the movements the way that they shuffle their feet the way that they kind of you know awkwardly kind of you know move around is just so so perfect um and like again as someone who's played the games and actually i went and re-downloaded the last of us part one this morning because like you and everyone else dude i'm telling you right like (laughs) I, i just keep seeing people talking about you know playing through the chapters of the game alongside the show and i think i'm going to start doing that where every week like depending on what happens in the show i'll kind of play mm-hmm. until that point i just think it's a really cool idea maybe i'll go for the platinum um but just like it's it's just so good dude every, like everything just hits and for them to like i'm on board with 99% of the changes there was one thing at the end of this episode which i know we'll get into that did bother me but every other change that they've made and especially cuz like you know talking about you know, the spores versus the tendrils. The tendrils were sold to me in this episode 100% totally. as to why they make sense. Um, and just every, like, it, they're just hitting on all cylinders. And I just, I'm, Neil Druckmann, his first time out directing, you know, outside of gaming, fantastic. He crushed it. I know some people had an Killed issue it. with a bit of, like, the shaky cam. I thought it worked really, really well. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it just kind of matched. Um, but yeah, I, I loved this episode. I thought it was fantastic. And evidently, like, slight spoilers, but, like, and again, I'm not going to give anything away here, but a lot of the people who have watched the entire series keep talking about how incredible episode three is. And we'll get into what we think that's, that, that episode is going to be, but like, there's just so much hype around episode three specifically, given that we're going back to another hour and 20 long episode. We'll talk more about right. this, but I just, I just, I cannot wait for next week. It's been a while, dude, that we've had a show that just completely captures the zeitgeist of the moment. Like it's been a while since everybody's been on Twitter right after an episode era being like, oh my God, this episode, this happened and this, and then in your reactions, it's been a while since we've had just that collective euphoria almost for a product. And it's, just, it's so awesome to have that again. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And and I'm with you on being sold on the tendrils. Like I was kind of, you know, neither here nor there on it when when it started last week. You're kind of like, yeah, like we'll we'll see, but but yeah, I'm right there with you. This episode sold me on it. This episode was was when I was like, yeah, like the there's narrative justification for it. It makes sense, especially and I want to encourage people um when the credits start rolling, keep watching. There's a little bit of like kind of behind the scenes stuff after the credits that is a must watch. And like, I just, it's so cool. Like, I love that they do that. Mm -hmm. So keep watching after the credits roll. Keep watching (laughs) after the credits roll. But without further ado, let's get into the spoilers because I know you and I are itching to talk about some of the finer details here. So official spoiler warning, we're going to start spoiling the entirety of episode two infected of The Last of Us. So here's your final warning in three, two, one. You know what? Let's let's kick things off from the jump. We kicked off the episode, you know, with back with Ellie, Tess, and Joel as they're heading out, you know, of the QZ into the, you know, into the infected zones. And, like, I will say that off the jump, I think something that did bug me was the CG. There were certain mm. moments when – and it's not when we just see these, you know, the environment – it's there are certain scenes when we see the characters interacting environment, specifically one where they're like when they're walking up to was it the museum or like they're walking up to something and like them walking through the environment looked not great. And like I, there was a couple moments mm. there where I, I, I really took me out of it because of how awkward the CG looked. And I don't know. Am I, like, did it? Did you notice that? Like, was that something that bothered you as well? Not really. Okay. Um, I can see. I can see a little bit of what you're talking about. There's definitely. Um, there, there's a little bit of like juxtaposition between like what is, 
what is real and what is like a little left of center. Yeah. Like you can kind of tell what is a set and what's not a set. Yeah. Right. A little bit. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it bothered me, but, um, but I did, I, I picked up on it a little bit. It was funny. I was, I was watching, um, the show with my wife and she was like, man, like, this is all so beautiful. Just the way nature is like retaking the world. She's like, I wish real life was like this. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, so. I, yeah, I feel yeah. Like, I think, I think the set design, everything is beautiful. There was just a couple moments there that mm-hmm. took me out of the experience a little bit, but I have to say, dude, even as somebody like, you know, who's played the games, I know where the show is going. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time because essentially what we get, you know, is the lead up to and our first encounter with the clickers. And like, I know some people, you know, we're comparing it to Jurassic Park, right? Like the certain scenes there. A little bit. And like, just, I I thought they nailed the tension, the design and just how like, like horrifying that entire scenario was. They, they, they rocked it. I thought that scene was perfect. It's great. I and I love like the the actual like the practical prosthetic effects on yes. the clickers are beautiful. Like yeah. I just I love the way they're represented as you mentioned like having the actors kind of portraying them absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it, they're like no notes. It's perfect. The the way they have handled the clickers is perfect. And yeah, like the the tension of the scene this kind of like um the, the they've conveyed the vibe that it has in the game, which is um, I'm sneaking around and, and, you know, eventually something's going to pop off yeah, and it's going to be a scramble and I have to survive and they're hard to put down. Like they have very, very accurately captured what it's like in the game, which is great. Yeah, no, I, I'm entirely with you. I think that they completely nailed that just because again, like I love that again, like that, that, cause that encounter in the game, you do come across like two or three of them. Right. And similar yep. here, it wasn't just one that they came across that was like ridiculous. Yep. And even some of the call outs earlier on in the episode when, you know, Ellie was like, I heard there are some that like, you know, explode and there are spores everywhere. And they both kind of like laugh it off. I'm like, oh, they're already teasing a bloater. And then they make yeah. the call right to the, you know, to clicker and, you know, Tess and Joel go silent. Right. Like they're like, oh, that one's not as funny. Like there's there's mm-hmm. just so many of these pieces that are just like I love that they're setting stuff up. Um, and like, I do wonder if we're going to go full board with the infected the way that we did in the game. So obviously because of the boss battles, if we're going to get like the, the, you know, the giant hulking infected and stuff like that. Um, but I just thought that entire showdown with the clickers was just, it was perfect. And like, and I I guess we'll, we'll pull in the tendrils here because I think like we both mentioned, they sold us here. The fact that, you know, if they step on them at the wrong time, the essential like entire network of infected around them. Um, just get notified and just start swarming. Like, I can't even imagine, because I, I started thinking about this a lot last night with them using tendrils versus the spores. I don't think the spores would have been as like as visually interesting in the show as they would have been in the game. Like, I think totally. the game is a great use of like, here are particle effects. Here's this very like weird environment that you get to move through. In the show, I don't know if it would have hit the same way because I feel like it would have been pretty reliant to CGI. And now with the tendrils, like... Can you imagine trying to animate that in a video game? Like proper foot positioning so you don't step on stuff or you do step on stuff. This just heightens the tension in such a palpable way that like, again, one wrong step can make all the difference. And I thought they nailed that. I love that. So, and, 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 you know, it's funny because I I picked up on little tiny things like Druckmann would bring the camera down to the feet. Yes. A lot, you know? Yeah. Like a lot. Like, cause, cause Tess makes that line that in, 
and any other situation would just be a throwaway line, right? Mm -hmm. That would just be, yeah, like you step on a patch of this stuff and all of a sudden you've triggered a thousand of them a mile away or yeah. whatever. And to me, that's so cool. Like this notion that they really are a hive mind and you get that shot of them down on the street level where there's just dozens of them just operating in tandem together. Yep. And it's paid off obviously at the end of the episode of just like, yeah, no, these things really are connected. And I think that is so cool. And I think it, and, and honestly, I had forgotten until they played that kind of behind the scenes thing that the tension before this was actually just like the government or the, the military yes. sort of yep. thing following them. And I'm like, Oh, right. That is what it was. This is way better. <laughs> I know. A hundred percent. Like, just because it, 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 it cause then it, the whole thing with the, with the spores is always like, they were very like localized environments where the spores were an issue yeah. where they were kind of isolated. There wasn't a lot of air in and out. This allows them to put those tendrils almost anywhere and it become a fundamental issue that they have to deal with immediately. Mm -hmm. And even like, you know, the, like that entire <clears throat> like walk up the stairs when they're heading before they yes. kind of with the clicker again, it was just so tense because a, they were trying to be silent and B like it was even in the moment where like, you know, everything comes down on them when they're going through that doorway and Ellie and Tess kind of fall through it. Neither one of them screamed. Neither one of them made a sound right. like the commitment to the silence on top of dealing with the tendrils on top of moving through the environment is just such a perfect trifecta of just unbelievable tension. Well, and, and not only that, I think a lot of people were worried when we were moving away from spores that we would move away from environmental tension right. too. And we're not nope. because like it, it creates these cool moments where Joel is like investigating. He's like, no, this is, this is dry. Like we're, we're good or whatever. And I'm like, so you're still getting that. Like yeah. you're still getting the exact same function that the spores had are still happening with the tendrils. They're, they're kind of having their cake and eating it too. Yeah. And I, so. I, I have to say like, that was just a brilliant way <clears throat> to like, again, to build that environmental tension back into it. And I, I think I kind of want to pivot because I, I want to go back to that cold open um, because, oh. oh my God, what an so absolutely harrowing, like heartbreaking, mortifying scene. And like the actors and actresses involved were just spot on. Like I, I, just chills the entire time through yeah. that scene. So hit me with your thoughts on, on the cold open. It was, it's beautiful. Like I, it's, yeah, it's chilling and it's, and it's harrowing and this, this sort of like, and it's quiet, yes. which I thought was really nice. Like it's, it opens up and they, you know, they, they bring in this woman who is a, an expert on the, uh, on the cordyceps and, you know, yeah, she was like a guy. She stuff. was a university professor of mycology in Jakarta. Right. Right. So, and yeah, and I love that it opens up in Jakarta. So we're kind of getting, it, it, this is my favorite thing about watching shows week to week and like speculating between weeks because we're all like doing the flower theories yep, and stuff the like this. And they, the, exactly. And they like tap into that basically right away. Like, it's almost like they knew exactly. that people were, were going to be speculating on this. So they, they open up straight away, Jakarta, let's tackle this. Yep. And um and there is reference made to like the flower factory and things like this, mm -hmm. and that is kind of where the outbreak happened. Um, but it's so harrowing, like the the way that it builds that tension quietly, and they bring her in and they're like, Hey, like look at this slide. She says, Oh yeah, this is cordyceps or whatever, but I don't understand why you prepared the slide this way. Yep. They're like, Well, this is how we prepare it for human samples. But they don't they don't survive in humans. Well, yeah, they do. And um, oh man, it was so good. And like just her I, I don't know the actress's name, but the woman who played the the 
professor, dude, she just, it was, it was such a powerful performance. The realization on her face of just like, look, I've been researching these for, you know, decades for basically my entire life. There's no medicine. There's no vaccine. There's no cure. Like the only solution. And, and he's like, so, so like, what do we do? And she just says, bomb bomb this city Dude. and everyone in it Ugh. and just like oh the heartbreak on her face the weight of what she's saying but she knows that that, that is truly the only thing that can help this situation oh my god it was perfect i'm just trying to look up the actress's name uh yeah because i i don't want to uh christine hakeem i believe is her name according to uh one of these bylines here but yeah dude that entire build-up like, so good I, I love that i love that you mentioned that because that was at the top of my mind too is that like immediately the flower bread theory immediately paid off there was no yeah. multi-week build-up like they were like we we dropped a bunch of hints throughout the first episode and here is the immediate payoff and like as you mentioned just from the point of her introduction to her that that final scene of her on the couch realizing how absolutely screwed that they were because again <laughs> yeah. i like I, for somebody like that to be like kill everyone like myself my family everyone like yes. eliminate all of us because that is the only hope to prevent this from spreading across the world because even like you know the fact that she was like how many more people are missing there are 14 other people from that factory who are still not accounted for. That is enough that that yep. spread is going to happen fast and it's going to happen hard. And just her realization and her, the delivery of just the utter shock and horror. You see her face change throughout the convert, like that entire conversation to just utter hopelessness. And it's just, they nailed that. And I hope that we continue to get these cold opens to flash back to, you know, immediately up to and including outbreak day, just because, it's yeah. it's it's so disturbing. And again, like, you know, I also watched it with my wife and like we finished the episode and she was like, I don't want to go to sleep now. Why does it feel like it, this can actually happen? <laughs> right? Like this yeah. like this is this is a realm of feels real. Exactly. This is a realm yeah. of of you know, zombie outbreak that isn't far off. It is somewhat based on some version of a reality. There's a timeline of this that that is a feasible possibility, right? Like and th and that's what makes this entire situation even more, you know, absolutely horrifying is because it's not that far out from the reality that we live in it's not some random virus that you know that pops out of nowhere this is like a thing found and then you know deviated and mutated based on the world that we created with you know climate change and everything else it's oh god it's it's so so it just chills like a breathtaking scene a hundred percent and then obviously we build up over the course of the episode where we run to the clickers and like you know we start to hear a mention of bill and frank the you know we we see Tess starting to freak out. We see much more of Ellie, and again, just I just have to give the biggest kudos to Bella Ramsey and her delivery of those lines because like even when at the beginning of the episode when they're you know she's just waking up and they're talking about what to do with her and she does her whole little you know turning oh, thing. So it's good. just yeah, a hundred percent Ellie. I laughed so many times at her delivery to the lines and even just like the commitment to like the little Easter eggs from the game. Her not being able to swim, and I was a hundred percent ready to see like a like a raft or like a like a skid pull that they were gonna around. pull over. Exactly, and then Joel <laughs> yeah. just gets in and it's like knee deep. Incredible! Yeah. 
him, you know, boosting Tess up and then us just sitting there waiting for her to turn around and, like, get <laughs> yeah. back to the door. And, like, her being like, Joel, like, you can put the gun down. Like, there's so right. much familiarity, not just between the characters, but also them looking at us, you know, some people who have played the game and be like, eh? Huh? You see what we're doing here? Yes. Without it being feeling cheap or egregious or weird. Like, what did you think yeah. about those connections? It doesn't, and yeah, it doesn't feel pandering. Like, no. even though, even though, like, it is, it's not... Like, it's not nudging you and being like, see, like, we're really doing it. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, like, it feels genuine. Like, it comes from a from a genuine place. And even, like, because there are still scenes that are ripped straight from the game. Yes. Like, the, the scene with her kind of interacting with, uh, in the hotel, like, uh, oh, you take my luggage yeah. right this way. So, you know, like, stuff like that. That's right from the game. And, um, and, and like, the, the classic shot of them standing and, like, looking over the horizon, mm -hmm. you know, again straight from straight from the game but it definitely has like a different connotation this time where in in this one like they make it really obvious like joel takes that really obvious look mm -hmm. you know at at the watch and everything and like they i don't know it just has like they they've just taken it and just twisted it a little bit which is like which is like perfect to me just like how do we take this make it faithful to the source but also make it faithful to what we're doing here that is new and that's what, like, all of it is. And it's, yeah, it's great. I know. I want to circle back around to that shot as well of, you know, the, the he looks at her when they're kind of looking at the, the mm -hmm. state building for the first time. Because that is a huge moment in the game. And that's a lot of people's Iconic. favorite scenes. Because, like, I know how much that scene especially means to Court, right? So, yeah. for, for me, like, I know he mentioned that he was a little bit disappointed with the way that that scene came out. Just because, especially after just playing part one, you can see how much he falls for her in that moment. And like, it, like it's that that's the beginning. That's that catalyst of him starting to look at her and being like, maybe I care about you a little bit, right. a little bit. You see that in the game. It's on his face. And this one, I still think that that same message is delivered. It's a little bit different because like in the trailers, that glance looks pretty quick. If you watch, rewatch that scene, he's looking at her for a couple seconds before the camera shifts. So you still see that moment in him. And I think, like you mentioned, instead of it being all over his face, because this Joel seems a little bit more hardened at this point than our Joel was in, in the game. Totally. Um, and again, like even Tess like says, like, you're, we're not good people. Like they're very much being like these, these two are survivors first. Um, they're, they are good people in there and, you know, if they hadn't gone through everything that they went through, maybe they would be different, but you, you see him look and you see him starting to change. And then again, that little, that brief, like look down at his watch, you can start to see that that same catalyst, it was still in that same moment. It just, yep. I don't know if it was as heavy as it was in the games. It's just, I think this is still the beginning of him starting to look at her a little yeah. bit differently, more than just that cargo. Totally. That that is this show's version of that. Yes. Right. That is where where their relationship is in this show. That is him saying like looking down at the watch and and because that tells the viewer he made for even the briefest moment he made the connective tissue exactly. in his mind to Sarah. Yeah. Right. So like that's exactly why he looked down at it and like yeah to me that's just they're they're conveying like a similar message they're just doing it a different way which is to me like totally um indicative of this entire show um you know let's let's tackle the same story and the same vibes but let's do it a different way a little bit of a deeper way i even love something that um that i wanted to make sure we we mentioned was the little stuff that happens in dialogue the little kind of context that's added in dialogue the little ways that cuz i really thought 
and I talked about this um, last week on the show. I really thought that this was going to be the Riley episode, the Left Behind mm-hmm. kind of flashback episode. And there were a couple points where I thought that that was where we were going. Yeah. Um, when they were walking on the bridge together, and uh, and Tess is kind of learning a little bit more about Ellie. She's like, "Is anybody going to come looking for you, mom, dad, boyfriend?" Yep. And Ellie's like, "I'm an orphan, and uh, no." Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um. And and I thought that was for sure when we were, and she even asks about like the mall and like how she survived. Were you there alone? Yep. And she says she was. So I thought for sure that was when we were going to flash back and it was then going to become the left behind episode. Yep. Um, but, but that's not what happened. It's interesting. They're just, they're making us like, they're giving us these little morsels and like they're they're making us I feel like even hungrier for the full meal. You know what I mean? And that and that's kind of where I was at last week when we were talking about that because I do think that there was a very like I think you and Court made a very viable argument there. For me, I think what the play here is similar to the play in the game because they mm. make you fall in love with Ellie as she is now and then when you finally learn what happened to her when you learn about Riley, those emotional gut punches are amplified because I feel like if you did that earlier on in the show, they make you fall in love with her based on her history, right? And then everything that happens after is what happens after. For them to put you in the moment now and say, okay, here are your reasons to care about this character as they are in front of you, and then turn around and say, hey, this is what happened to her, makes those emotional gut punches a hundred times worse because you're already built to care. You're not being told to care you're being said you're you're not you're now being shown this is what happened so that's why i was of the mind and why i think they in the entire thing was slot in the, the winter section of the game to begin with was because the emotional payoff is greater once you have a bigger connection to the character you don't yeah. need to know that stuff now because it will become that much more important when we get our full ellie episode in winter and that's when i, I still think that's when we get left behind but they're starting to build that now already with you know the mention of riley in the first episode the you know the entire conversation that you just you know that you just talked about i that's why i was kind of like for me you know test dying in this episode makes perfect sense and i think that's kind of like where you know we'll, we'll kind of carry the conversation next is that finale is that showdown because i'm of two minds of it and i think like they almost nailed it and then they kind of didn't right at the final moment because I have no issue with them making the change from Fedra to the infected in that moment. I think that change makes yeah. a ton of sense for them, you know, for the fireflies to if somebody who's gotten infected in that in their way over, and then it's a showdown between, you know, the infected fireflies and they not. And like I mean, Joel says that everybody lost, right? For instead of Fedra to be sending out, you know, a a whole unit of people way out there, uh, you know, outside of the quarantine right. zone to chase right. down a couple fireflies. Like it, it made for a great action sequence of the game because that's your first time dealing with human enemies. But in the context of the show, it makes a lot more sense for it to be the infected. I think where my issue starts to come in is you start to see Tess like that that whole moment when they finally realize, you know, with you know her, her iconic line of you know our luck was always going to run out at some point. Yeah, is, is it was pitch perfect, and then you see her toss the grenades on the floor. You see her start to dump all the gas and the oil or whatever else it was all over the floor. And her start to, like, because in, in, in my mind, her sacrifice in the game is her going down swinging. You know what I mean? It's it's Tess. It's her literally, like, you know, having the last laugh in that moment because she's the one that starts to take, you know, the you know the Fedra agents down. She goes down under her terms, even though she was infected. And I feel like 
that moment is a bit lost in the show just because again you start to see that setup she's holding the gun there are grenades all over the floor and instead of her you know shooting a grenade instead of her you know like you know throwing a grenade she gets this like paralyzed by fear in that moment as she's trying to light the lighter and that weird because it wasn't a kiss. Like, I like, I know that's the running joke, but, like, it was... There was no, like, romantic or sexual connotation there whatsoever. And I know some people are saying they sexualized that scene. That's not what it was. That was, I think, you know, some people have already pointed out that, like, Tess in the, in the show is much more afraid of infected. And that's been alluded to multiple times over the course of the two episodes. But, like, I would have much rather her, you know, shoot the grenade, toss a grenade, do something so that she goes down swinging... And, I mean, she ultimately does that as she's trying not to, you know, cause a whole scene of, you know, before she lights the lighter. I just think that there was something lost in that moment that was so special to her, you know, her sacrifice in the game that just ultimately didn't connect with me in her final, in her very final moments there. But, I don't know, Seth, what did you think about that that final showdown? I, I loved it. And and I actually, um, I, I went back and watched this scene in the game after because um, cause my wife was like, is this how this happens in the game? I don't, I'm like, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. So we, we went back and, and rewatched the scene. And, and for me, um, to be honest with you, if she had like shot the grenade, that to me would have come off as a little cartoonish. Like she's not John Wick. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I sure. mean? Like if she, if she had like shot the grenade, that would have been a little weird. What to me, what the scene was, was she realized in that moment that finally she has the opportunity to do something good. Mm-hmm. Like finally she has the opportunity for something to go right for something to take control of a situation. And you know what? My last act, now that I know that I'm infected, now that I have the confirmation in my mm-hmm. own mind that this is real, this is real, Joel, you know? Yep. Um, now it's time to take the reins and do something good with a little bit of time I have left, Yep. you know? And for that moment to happen where she's made that decision in her mind and she's trying to light the lighter and it's not coming you that that look on her face is just like oh my god i can't even do this right. you know okay is the is the vibe there and when the and and what's interesting too is in that moment of dialogue there and we talked about this in the first episode and it was kind of nice to have that validated in this one you get it's real quick yep. she says joel like i don't ask you i never ask you to feel the way i feel yep you know what I mean? Like, so clearly there was some kind of something there between them and she had deeper feelings and Joel just didn't. Joel just couldn't get there. Yeah. You know, so clearly there was something like that going on and all of that, the weight of all of that is clearly on her. And I think that while it wasn't a kiss, the moment at the end of the infected coming by to, cause they already know she's infected. Exactly. That's why they didn't go after her. Yeah. They're, you know, they already know the virus is in there, yep. right? So they're just, they're, they're basically just, it's like a mama bird feeding, you know, her, her young or something yeah. is what that was. <laughs> but, uh, but like, it looks like a kiss because I think that it's like a visual representation of Tess, who is somebody who wants to do good, is somebody who wants love in this hellscape, mm-hmm. you know, but can't get it. And, and, and hasn't okay. been able to make that happen for herself. Finally, she has a moment to take the reins in a way that she can't do with Joel, in a way that she can't do in, you know, with, with anything that's going on. Right. Finally, she can, you know, and that was, that was what I really liked about that scene. I like that interpretation because I, I do think that is a different spin on it and perhaps a little bit more with what they were intending. I think it was just for me, like it just, there was a bit of a disconnect there with the execution of it. 
um, or at least the way that I perhaps expected tests to go down. Um, yeah, because I, I do think I do think it worked given the context of the show. I still would have preferred it to go down a little bit differently, but I really like the way that you looked at that because again, you could see why they did what they did. Um, yeah. And, and, and why she went down the way that she did. Um, because again, now we're, we're in full, you know, we're out, right? Like the, the, this is the, the we're out of Midgar out of the final fantasy seven, right? Like we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going full board into what the story needs to be now. And I think let's, let's hop into, uh, you know, a question that we got before we kind of start theorizing about next week. Um, because we got Nakachaka over in the discord asked episodes one cold opening started with the talk show and episode two started off with more insight as to how things started in Indonesia. What are you guys hoping to see in episode three's cold opening if they continue with this format? Because like, you know, they even use the cold opening in the second episode where like, as we mentioned, like, you know, the, the professors like start bombing and then yeah. later in the episode, we see the craters and they're like, Ellie was just because of the bombs and, you know, Tess confirms that. Right. So you start to see that these, you know, these things were directly tied to what we were shown and told before. So what would you want out of episode three's cold open? What, like, what do you want to see from the world before or through those, you know, kind of final moments of normality? What What's funny is I like, I'm, I'm sure that they're going to continue this trend. Um, and, and I love it. I've loved it in, in both episodes so far, but like, this is actually the thing where I, I don't know what they're going to do. And that's what excites me about it. Yes. Like, I, I don't know where they're going to go with it or what they're going to show me. And that is what makes it like, I kind of hope that I'm not able to predict what they're going to show me, mm -hmm. you know, like, cause last week I wouldn't have predicted that this week's episode was going to open the way it did. Yep. You know? And so like, I, I actually don't want to know what they're, or even have an inkling of what they're going to do. Because if I sat here and said like, oh yeah, maybe they'll show us, you know, the actual moment in the flower factory or whatever, you know, True. whatever, that, that would be cool. But like, what would be, what's going to be way more interesting is seeing whatever it is they're actually going to show us. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something left of center, something we're not expecting, something that is going to provide more context from the time before um, but, but I don't think we're going to be able to predict it. I'm, I'm with you because like, I think, cause like, I, I was thinking about this since I, you know, Nagachaka's question came in and I feel like, you know, the first cold opening took us way back to the past to like the, yep. the very theory of how this could happen. The second episode showed us the beginnings of it happening. And I think over the course of the next few episodes, I think we're going to get a couple different perspectives. One of which being, I, I think we're going to continue to move forward in time as mm. these things happen. So we're getting the initial, you know, the start of something here. And I feel like what we're going to see, uh, you know, next episode is potentially the beginning of the infection, whether they're going to stay in Jakarta or not. Like, because again, in the first episode, we heard, you know, the, the, the news clip of, you know, a lot of unrest in Jakarta, right? So I think we're going to start to see the beginning of the outbreak in, in there, mm -hmm. possibly. Or what we're going to start to see is, again, I think... The, like the government reaction is is going to be a must whether that's in indonesia whether that's back in the states or wherever else i think we're going to get that scene of like you know the higher ups the presidents or whatever having a conversation of like what do we need to do here you know are we going right. to fire these bombs are we like i think there is a bit of like a, a connective tissue between the opening scenes um and i think what we're going to start to see is like you know the the fallout of that flower are we going to start to see the beginnings of the infection in London or in Brazil, I think we're going to start to see the the beginnings of that because in my mind, 
I don't see these jumping around in time of like, I don't think we're going to go back to the 1970s again, or we're going to go back to before, you know, seeing the beginnings of the flower thing, because that's established. I think what we're going to start to see is the beginning of the panic, the beginning of the decline. And I think what we'll see over the course of the next, you know, seven episodes is that like, I think like the, what we'll finally get in episode nine would be in my mind is the full outbreak outbreak day from a different perspective rather than Joel, you know, Joel's perspective. So I, I think that's what we're going to start to see with the cold openings is just yeah. everybody else's reaction because I don't want to see the cold openings. I don't want to see Joel and Ellie in the cold opens. That is one thing I right. don't want to see Me either unless I don't either. The one time I'll kind of make an exception to that rule would be the Ellie episode. If the beginning of the Ellie episode, the cold open is her starting to like, you know, set the things up and then the entirety of the rest of the episode is left behind. So I think that or, would be or, kind of, yeah. Yeah, well, and, and maybe that's where we get Ashley Johnson as Ellie's mom. Exactly, in a cold yeah. open or something. Yeah, and and when you were talking about, I like the idea of there being, like, what's going on in, in all these different places, in London, whatever. And it made me think of, um, uh, is, there's a character, I think his name's, like, Ish or something. Yes, in yes, yes, yes. Leaving yes. the notes. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool if we got that in that the cold open. That would be sick, open. yeah. Yeah, if we got some of that in the cold open, that'd be kind of cool. And that would make sense because you would you would get like a little bit of that connective tissue and a little bit of that extra like flavor there in the, you know, opening five, ten minutes or whatever. It doesn't have to take away. It's a little side story. Exactly. And it would also give you a look at a different perspective without it being Joel and Ellie. That would be kind of cool. So that yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking and hoping. But let's let's round out the episode, my dude, by talking about where we think episode three is going. Because again, a lot of the hullabaloo on Twitter and a lot of the people who are saying that you know they've seen the whole season, they've watched every episode multiple times except for episode three because of how mm. good, how powerful, and how you know emotionally you know how emotional the episode is. That's kind of like the general vibe going into next week. And with the setup being Bill and Frank, what I wonder, and again, episode three being the final longer episode that we know of, because from the runtimes that have been revealed, the next few following will be under around the, the same episode of the same length as yeah. episode two. So episode three being a longer episode, in my mind, initially, when we start, when I started kind of thinking about how the series would lay out, I thought, you know, Bill's section would be multiple episodes. And what mm. I'm kind of thinking now is because we do have confirmation to some extent that Bill's partner, which in the game, of course, we know is not alive by the time that we get to Bill. I right. do think that we're going to see their story fall out in real time. And right. then all of Bill's story be just in episode three is kind of where I'm yeah. thinking. I think we're going to get the entirety of them, you know, meeting up with Bill and Frank them kind of you know going out towards the school the kind of like boss fight there and then ultimately leaving with you know ellie and joel getting in the car and kind of setting out for the next part of the adventure with all, all everything happening kind of alongside it we you know with bill and his past i think we're going to see that happen in real time um just because i feel like you know Nick Offerman is a fantastic actor, and I think he's going to. I think he's going to be the real standout Can't star. Wait. I think he's going to carry yeah. that episode immensely, um, and I think we're going to get the entirety of their story in that hour and twenty-ish minutes. And I'm not ready for it, dude. But I don't know. What do you think? Where do you Where do you think <laughs> we're going with episode three? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's possible that we. Yeah, I, I think it's totally possible that unlike in the game, we meet up with Bill and Frank. 
and Frank is alive and he's there and he's a factor. Mm-hmm. But maybe the things that I don't know if I want to like try like retroactively spoil the first game or something, but um, I, I don't know if like we meet them and then the things that happened before we got there in the game happen in real time when yeah. we get there in the show. Mm-hmm. Like if Frank goes off on his own and maybe that becomes the sort of mission of the show. Right. Right. Is, is we need to go and figure out what happened to Frank. He left in the night or whatever. And then we find what happens to Frank. You know what I mean? Um, and it's similar to how it is in the game, but the framing device of it is different. Right. Which has been true of this entire show so far. Um, and I think it would make it even more heartbreaking to see the relationship with Bill and Frank before that all goes down, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. we get flashback in there. Maybe, you know, who knows, but, but this definitely is going to be like the Bill and Frank episode. Like, I don't think there's any way it's not. Here's my ridiculous pie in the sky kind of theory here. Um, and like, I'm going to go a little bit like, I, I, I'm not entirely convinced that this, that this could play out, but I think this would be a really interesting way to keep the audience on their toes and that like you know one of one of the biggest emotional sucker punches i think i have any recollection of um is i think it's in the third season of scrubs so any like you Mm. know scrubs fans here will know the episode that i'm (laughs) referring to and like spoilers for scrubs i'm sorry but i'm going to spoil this episode from season three but 15 year old show (laughs) exactly but like the entirety of the episode is spent with dr cox and with brendan fraser's character and the entirety of the episode is spent them talking, like being together. And we had previously met Brendan Fraser's, you know, character revealed that he's very, very sick. And then this course mm. of this episode is about him, you know, like getting better and stuff. And then the final moments of the episode is an emotional sucker punch when you realize he had died. And Dr. Cox was essentially like imagining him there in this scenario through the entire episode of the show. Because then he basically finds out about his death. And then basically goes into full denial and starts to like picture him there. So the sucker mm-hmm. punch comes with, you know, you never really see Brendan Fraser interact with the rest of the cast, but the episode presents itself as him being there and active, an active participant in the episode. So I'd even wonder if, do we have Frank in that same capacity possibly throughout the course of the episode three, where he never really interacts with Joel and Ellie, where we see Bill talking to him, where we see him interacting with Bill. And then maybe do they, you know, when they get back to his house, they find the note and they see that, you know, Frank's been dead the entire time. And the whole setup mm. is that, you know, Bill has not dealt with it. And he's kind of, like, you know, imagining him there. And that kind of final, you know, emotional sucker like punch that. would be that he's been dead the entire time. And that, you know, the, what we've been watching is the show from Bill's perspective. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I like that. Yeah, I, and I think that would cool. be, I think that would be a really cool way to kind of deliver that without it being obvious from the jump. But also kind of, again, them, because, I mean, it's the running thing of The Last of Us. They will continue to absolutely emotionally destroy us for the foreseeable future. And I think that would be a really cool way for them to do it without it being like another on-screen death, because we're going to see plenty of those for them to kind of, you know, play with the formula a little bit earlier on. And again, could be a way to really make bill's story a little bit special and a little bit different compared to what we're going to see come after so i don't know pie in the sky i'd love for that to happen i love that i don't know if it will but yeah i would love to see it i think it's a great great call and and i also think and i I don't know how much they're going to get into this before we get to left behind but we're getting it's interesting i try to put myself in the perspective of somebody who hasn't played the games who for example doesn't know that ellie is a lesbian right and 
it's funny because knowing that we can pick up on little things like we got in this episode, like, uh, no, I yeah. don't have a boyfriend, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And we know that, but the average viewer would just write that off as like a throwaway line. And I wonder what it would be like for Ellie to maybe encounter, you know, other than her and Riley's relationship or whatever, somebody who is in a, in a gay relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and, and who, who has had to deal with those struggles. Like, I wonder if they're going to tap into that at all. That's a great you know, point. That it'd be kind of cool to give a little bit of like context to, to Ellie and sort of like grappling with her own sexuality. I don't think that should become the focal point of the episode, right? but it'd be interesting to see like a little bit of that in there. I, so. I I'm with you. I, and I think that's a good point because, you know, we can start to see hints of that people can start to get an idea of that if she starts if she's trying to have conversations with bill about his relationship and how things went but right that my dude brings us to the end of this episode thank you for joining me this was a fantastic conversation i love doing this with you seth and yes. you know court court will be back next week but i won't be here next week uh because i'll be off uh, on a trip so you'll have uh the court and seth show next week but seth yes. if people wanted to see and hear more from you where could they do so uh, I'm at $2Hero on Twitter and, of course, here on Carpool Gaming. Of course, go check out all things Seth. As for myself, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Silver Soul and, of course, on the PlayStation Drive here each and every week. Let us know in the comments what do you think about what, – like, what do you, where do you think Episode 3 is going? What did you think of this episode? If you have questions, toss them into the Discord. We will answer them next week, and we will see you then. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Peace.